this whole album is great. In fact, it's it has a special place in my heart, in my mind, but it's attached to a lot of things that I'd rather not think about. But this song is good. This is the All Anal, All Anal, All Anal, All Anal podcast with your host, Sebastian Starr. Sebastian Starr. With your host, Sebastian Starr. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the All Anal podcast. I'm your host, Sebastian Starr. And today we are going to be analyzing the song, Sarah's Song by Ricky Hill. So this album, this album, this album, oh my goodness, this album is so great in a lot of ways. And it kind of just puts me back in this mindset that I was in, in that transitional phase of wanting to impress people and wanting to be on everyone's good side and wanting everyone to like me and wanting to, you know, cater to whoever it was that I was obsessed with at the time to just not giving a fuck about people and what they thought about me and how they felt about the things that I did. Because for a very long time, I was just under the impression that I had to be a certain way to be accepted by people. I was a type of black girl who wasn't socially accepted by other black children And even though I was accepted by, you know, white children, there was still that borderline of you get it, but you don't understand it. Like, and then, of course, my home life wasn't terrible. It wasn't chaotic. It wasn't stressful. It was just a lot of things that I felt like were unfair. So I was looking for a place to kind of find that fairness, so to speak. And with that came a lot of attachments to people that I shouldn't have been attached to. And for some reason, this was the album that was circulating in rotation during that transitional period of, oh my God, I just want them to like me. I just want them to to be my friends. I just want them to accept me to, man, fuck what they think. Fuck them, fuck them, and fuck them. I don't, I don't care. Like, and that's a very sharp left to take. So I honestly don't even listen to this album as much as I used to just because it triggers so much of what I was trying to not be versus the person that I am now. I don't want to say it's entirely nonchalant because I do care about people, but I only care about people that I choose to care about. So if you're like a total stranger, I'm probably not going to give a fuck about you. If I'm being completely honest. I don't care. I do have sympathy. I'm not a sociopath. I do feel for people. If you're grieving the loss of a loved one or even a pet, a family friend, you know, something very monumentous in your life happened. Like they sold your family home or, you know, you have to give up your grandparents' estate. I get it, but I'm not, I don't. It doesn't affect me, so I don't give a shit. But I understand that you're going through some things, and I feel sorry for you, but I can't relate entirely to the whole situation. Versus there was once a point where, oh, my God, I completely understand. Like, I try to put myself in those particular situations and be whatever that person needed me to be at the time. Well, now it's just like, look, if you want to vent, vent. If you want to sit in silence and smoke, sit in silence and smoke. But I don't give a damn. Like, I just... And so much has happened between, I want to say, maybe 2015 and 2022 that have just made me 
a completely different person mentally. And I think a lot of that also came with that analytical mindset of just reading people and reading situations and reading, you know, potential outcomes and problems and knowing how to, you know, what's really worth my time and energy and what's not. And like I said, this song, this album has a lot of songs attached to it that put me back into a frame of mind where at the time, that's all I cared about, which now doesn't reflect the individual that I've turned out to be. And I prefer that individual versus someone who is willing to embarrass themselves, you know, time and time and time again. I much rather have the I don't give a fuck person than the why don't you love me person, because that person was pathetic, desperate, naive, and a little stupid. This person, skeptical, you know, wiser, more intellectually aware, and like I said, nonchalant. Like, who the fuck cares, you know? And it just, it's it's better to not ponder on those things, which I try not to do, but I mean, shit happens. But like I said, this was one of the songs that kind of, it's not, there isn't anything attached to it. It's just a good song. And honestly, this is probably the only song off of this album, with the exception of maybe one or two more, that I can still listen to without feeling like, ugh, what was I thinking? Like, because my memories are triggered by the littlest things. And if, if there's a whole song attached to a memory, every time I hear that song, that's what I'm going to think about. It's just part of that memory now. It doesn't even exist by itself as a song. It's just part of a memory. But this song... It's actually really, really nice. And it played. I had my whole music library on shuffle the other day. And it played. And I was like, wow. I forgot how good this song was. And I just felt like it was time to talk about it. So. You are now tuned into the All In Podcast with Sebastian Stone. The first half got real personal. But it's all right. I ain't tripping off of it too much. Okay. So, first verse. And Ricky Hill well, before I get into the verses, Ricky Hill, I don't know what it is about his aesthetic, but this entire album has this like eerie smoke fog clouding it. There's this deep, dark presence of spooky mystery that's just lingering on like the other side of the hill. Ironically, his name is Ricky Hill, so maybe it's all intentional. But all of the songs have this very spooky, eerie, foggy, misty essence kind of simmering around it. And this song is no exception. A beautiful guitar riff to come in. And I mean beautiful, like it's being played by ghosts or spirits or some shit like that. And the first verse goes, She comes by herself, brings us our gifts. It's hard to tell she leaves so swift. She don't love you. She don't love me. Whoever she loves, that man must be free. I don't know. Maybe you do. What she be thinking when she looks at you? She sits on the floor, looks at the movie. She gets high, too. This girl is groovy. I don't want to make you run from all of us. We just have fun. And we touch you, but you don't let us fuck you. She has good intentions. It's obvious to see. But who is this girl? Why can't we see what she would do behind closed doors with you or with me? Why can't we see? And then the hook or the chorus goes Sarah you like to keep me wondering Sarah you know you keep us wondering so my initial thought with this song was like a girl kind of in a rough situation surrounded by a bunch of people she shouldn't be surrounded in doing things they shouldn't be doing that's true 
But in addition to that, it is a woman who is placed in a very vulnerable and very dangerous situation with a bunch of very dangerous individuals. But that danger isn't it's subsided by this fog of mystery with her. She's the mystery in the room. She is the un like untouched sacred wonder of the room. Everyone in the room is dying to know what it's like to be with her intimately, physically, sexually. And she's willing to smoke, drink, get high, get drunk with all of them. And surprisingly, there is a high level of consent of what the gentlemen in the room are and are not allowed to do with her. She gives them permission to touch her physically, but she will not let any of them have sex with her intimately. And that's what they're dying to try. Now, they're not going to force her, right? This isn't a, a wild orgy scene. It's just this pondering sense of wonder and man what would that be like how does that feel what would we do she'll never let you know it is this deep dark mysterious thing it's like the Bermuda Triangle of vaginas like you're never going to know what it's really like and once you're in you're not coming back out type shit right it's just this constant curiosity that is eating away at the physical lust of all of these guys that it's just anxiety inducing and overwhelming because it's like, I want it so bad, but she won't let me have it. And again, we're, this isn't a wild orgy. This isn't a gangbang. They're not forcing themselves onto her. She's telling them what they can and can't do. And, whether they like it or not, they're going to have to deal with it. That's what it is. That's the, that's the bottom line. Verse 2. Oh, gosh. This, this verse right here is like, it's scary, but I kind of like it. She's sexy as she sounds with her pretty little mouth. And she likes to help around with little things in the house. I want to do things to her mouth. She swear that ain't what she bout. I start to doubt. I start to figure her out. Sometimes I get to see your sister and I touched her, but I didn't get to fuck her or kiss her. Don't you know that we talk about you? Me and my brothers want a piece of you. Pretty brown hair. How long do you plan on staying here? She brought us drinks and food. She ain't never rude. Can we share this woman? It would be wrong to keep her. Tell me why she wouldn't. Can't she see that we need her? So let's dissect that a little bit. She's sexy as she sounds with her pretty little mouth. And she likes to help around with little things in the house. So she takes care of us, right? Yeah, she smokes with us. Yes, she drinks with us. Yes, she gets high with us. But she also makes sure that we have food, that we have water, that we have utilities and toiletries and things like that. She takes care of us. She doesn't want us to cross that line between whatever the current relationship is and sexual partners because that would complicate things, not just with her and the one individual she's being intimate with, but with everyone else in the house because everyone else in the house wants her and they don't even mind sharing her. Now, Ricky Hill, who is the main character of this story, goes up to her and is like, you know, 
we've had your sister before. I mean, she wouldn't let us fuck her either. She wouldn't even let me kiss her, but she let us touch her just like you do. And it's like, we want you more than that. We want you so badly. It's, it's sickening. And when he says, can we share this woman? It would be wrong to keep her. This is a valuable jewel that is sacred and must be shared with the universe. If we kept her to ourselves, that would be selfish. That would be wrong. That would be cruel. And then he says, tell me why she wouldn't. Can't she see that we need her? This is beyond lust. This is beyond a sexual desire. This is something so much deeper than physical. This is a mental, spiritual, emotional, psychological connection that all of us have made to this one person who continues to keep us wondering and pondering and contemplating and stressing and itching and twitching. She's like her own drug by herself. Now, this could be a metaphor for another drug, but the symbolisms of having someone who takes care of you, making sure that you have food, that you have water, that you have what you need to survive and sustain yourself goes beyond the metaphor of a drug to me. So even though it can be looked at as just another drug that these men have tried, it can also be seen as something bigger than that because of the fact that they take care of you at the same time. You know, and I don't want to stress the whole mother thing because that's kind of weird because they obviously want to have sex with her. They obviously want to do weird, nasty, kinky, freaky, deaky things to her body, to her mouth. They even said it like. So I want to ixnay the whole possible mom or even aunt situation because that's just weird. This is just someone who cares about these guys. And they see that as something to fall into. They see her for what she is, this beautiful, majestic creature. And the fact that she isn't even teasing them. She's not toying with their emotions. But the fact that she won't even let them get close enough to find out is torturous. It's sadistic. It's inhumane in their eyes. That's how they're looking at the whole situation. And it's something about that eerie presence of mystery that clouds this individual. Whoever the fuck Sarah was had some top level P.O.P. Because you had an entire house full of niggas falling at your feet like a goddess waiting on your hand and foot. And you cater to what their needs were, but you refused to give them the one thing they were asking for just because. And that, that's crazy to me. Like, that is some severe, top-notch, top-level pussy power. And I can appreciate that. So kudos to you, Sarah. That was Sarah's song by Ricky Hill. Again, fantastic album. Fantastic album, fantastic song, fantastic artist. It's just attached to a lot of not-so-fantastic memories. But that song stands on its own as a pretty damn good song about a pretty damn good lady and all of her lady parts. So kudos to you, Sarah, for inspiring Ricky Hill to write this twisted-ass song about your vagina. I appreciate it. But that was Sarah's song by Ricky Hill. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. I always, always, always appreciate it. And until next time, I will speak to you all later.
Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the All Anal, All Anal, All Anal podcast with your host, Sebastian Starr.